This podcast is rated M for Mature, Peggy 18, and R100. Everything I know, I learn from Frank Miller, and everything I do, I do as fast as flash run quarterback status, and then some. Damn the new 52, buying up every issue on DC, not exclusively what I'm into, bastards, comics with the healthy Wolverine classics. Sold down below, so anything can go. Hell be exclusively filled with past enemy. Save a And you killed your dad for the second time in hell, man. Tell me that's not badass. Man, tell me that ain't badass. It goes Batman Detective here on the dark night and robbing. I'm robbing. Stop and I'ma lose my damn mind Like Logan this time All possessed by the red right hand Fighting X-Man Storm just chilling Nemesis laughing Cyclone mentally prepares for eye blasting Novels with the graphics Picture strips See comics need to settle down Just a little bit and go back underground Life for permanent bastards Got it right though They write to keep the scene on the right track So they read stack after stack And report a back Someone gotta stab these creators in check, man. And the verdict is Jason Aaron, yeah, he's in check. Tony Daniel, yep, in check. If you read a comic, put it back. Plastic sleeve, hard cardboard back. Then in the milk crate, black. Filed alphabetically, no, seriously. Welcome, new scum. Just gonna start calling everyone that. <laughs> I'm Dustin. I'm your host of Comic Bastards Podcast, formerly the CBFP. If you're nasty and if you please, I'm joined by Steve. Hi, I do please. He does as he uh, reaches for more artificial crab sticks. Of okay. Some... What is that? I've never heard of artificial crab sticks. Steve. Here's the thing. I'm going to do this as a plug. This is our new sponsor on Comic Bastards Podcast. Sequest? Sequest, just like, like the, the Dolphin. TV show? Yeah, like what's his name? God rest his soul. See you at the crossroads. What? Which... Two suicide, the real thing. The guy, the kid who killed himself. Oh God, I didn't know that. What the? Yeah, was it the? Is that the same guy? Who's the? Who was like the know. dude in that? He was also in uh, Never Ending Story Part Two, which is a bit of a misnomer. But uh, yeah, that guy, Jonathan Landis. I don't think his last name was Landis. No. I think it was. No, anyway, that kid. Sequest, Darwin the Dolphin. This is probably made from Darwin the Dolphin. It was, it was this flipper plus Star Trek in the ocean. Yeah. It was... Uh, and it sucked. Yeah, it did suck. It was, uh, what's it called? Stargate. It was Stargate before it was Stargate. Anyway, these are delicious. This is a fake crab, wild Alaskan Pollock, and wild Pacific Whiting. Mm. And so it's just a... A flavorful stick of raw meat that you eat. just guide down my throat. You guide. He's just like no guide gag reflex means heavy pooping. Exactly. I just, wah, wah, and it comes out the exact same. The exact yeah. same. I just like to absorb all the protein. Well, since we're just gonna do free plugs, I'm gonna hope that Pepsi will send me some of this stuff. 
Everything you drink looks so elegant. Mm, look at him. So refined. So good. Yeah? So good, Steve. What is it? Okay, what is the twist on this? It's a this classic. Black Currant Cola. <laughs> currant? I guess. I don't know. Cur don't ask currant. me any words. I don't know. Current? current? Whatever, Steve. That's why I showed you the can to read it, damn it. <laughs> it's premium cola. Sorry, go ahead. Cola infused with a bold berry finish is delicious. You've got a bold it's berry better, finish. Uh, it's better than this, which I finished earlier. Mountain Dew spiked raspberry lemonade. Okay, I saw you uh, tweet about this on Twitter at Enter the Hero. Yeah. Um, you now that is not spiked alcohol because as regular listeners of the show, as he kisses his new microphone for those who have seen this on on YouTube. Um, <laughs> Now, you do not imbibe uh, the harder beverages. So what does spiked mean? In terms uh, it of means that they took raspberry lemonade, as I just destroy the microphone, and then they spiked it with Mountain Dew. That's not really spiking it, though. That's just... And they, and they had to make sure they said non-alcoholic. Yeah, exactly. They're, that, they're just putting Mountain Dew in something. What, there should be it's a name for that. marketing, Steve. I don't know. You know what they should call it? Mounting. We're mounting this raspberry lemonade. Just mounting it. We're just going to oh, just guide it in. Guide it in like fish sticks. No one wants to drink it when you do it that way, Steve. Well, of course they do. It's like pouring it. It's like pouring it into a goblet and then quaffing it like that. It's just exactly like that's how you drink. Uh, that is two movements like that that you've done. Um, a third one and you're done for the day. So, Like a bowel movement? Like three and then you're done for the day? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're supposed to stop it. I mean, if you feel a fourth, come on. You just, you answer the door. Dude, listen, I had burritos last night. I had burritos last night, and I had a protein shake before I got home. I'm in turmoil right now, Dustin. <laughs> I uh, had Taco Bell before I went and saw Pro Wrestling Gorilla, Steve. Oh, you son of a bitch. PWG, huh? Mm-hmm. How was it? How was that experience with Taco Bell? All happened uh, on Taco Bell on the TV. Taco Bell was actually it was it was good. It sat it sat well. I was thirsty as fuck for the entire thing because I forgot to bring cash to buy water. But other than that, it was good. It was a good show. Too. Yeah, it was real good. Oh, good. What was the main event? Just tell me that real quick. Uh, the main event event was a Reseda Street match between uh, Marty the Villain, who's this UK wrestler. He was pretty good. Had a good hmm. look, good facial hair. Hmm. And um, Chuck Taylor, the Kentucky oh. gentleman, it was good. Yeah. Fantastic. I'd watch that in a heartbeat. I don't know who the first guy was. Uh, I'd, I'd never seen him before either. He's he's kind of newer to PWG. I guess he won the battle for LA oh, okay. this past year or whatever. So hmm. uh, the opening match was fantastic. Yeah. Between, uh, probably going to forget their names, Phoenix and... Uh, little Rush or Lilo Rush? Hmm. I'm not fantastic. Fantastic. So there you Dave go. Metzler was in the house. Really? Was, yeah, he was a couple rows away from me. Could have pegged him with a cane if I really was a dickhead for some reason and wanted to do that. Just, just giving you an idea of how close he was. Not saying I would have done <laughs> such a <laughs> shitty thing to it. Fuck you and your job and life. <laughs> <laughs> kicked out. 
So I feel like you're going to make it a career of taking out industry standards, names, big names. He's a big name in the industry in terms of uh, professional professional wrestling uh, reportage. I feel like you should take him out. Maybe Bob Harris next. Whoever you know in, yeah, in their varied fields. We'll work on comics after that or something. Yeah, that's what I mean. Let's take know? out industry legends. Yeah, coming for you, Ditko. Ditko, <laughs> Jesus. That was that find you. Yeah. Somewhere in Brooklyn. Probably. Slowly on some respirating machine. Uh, speaking of battling mm-hmm. and, and things of that nature, Dustin. Dustin, mm-hmm. guess what I've been watching recently? Battle Royale? I, I don't... No. Something that you've been trying to get me to watch slash read. Something of the anime variety, perhaps? It's on uh, Netflix. Oh, so One Punch Man? One Punch Man is bananas. It is fucking... All right, so I'm halfway through, and I just started watching it last night. And it okay. is... Okay, I know we've talked about this on the show. I know you've been like trying to, to feed it to me like a fish stick. And I, yep. I've i been just going, no, I don't want your fish stick. And you've been like putting it on my face, and you're like, take it! Take what it. about artificial crab? <laughs> And that's when I did it. I just wrapped my lips around it and swallowed it whole. And I'm glad I did because this show is phenomenal. Like people have said, including yourself, have said that this show is really funny. And it is not like I always I always kind of thought, okay, well, this is going to be like one piece funny where people say it's funny, but it's not actually funny. Mm-hmm. This is legitimately hilarious. This is really, really good stuff. The action in it is bonkers. And the story is great. It is, you described it as the best thing in, like, best superhero story right now. And I completely agree with that. Because it takes the piss out of Eastern, Western superhero dynamics. And also just has this badass, just fighting, just the best fighting. It's Mm. so good. And if you guys haven't checked it out yet, uh, definitely do so. Because, man, I wish I had not been sleeping on that one for as long as I did. And as good as the anime is, Steve. Yeah. The art on the manga is better. Hmm. The art is so good on the manga. Where you're just like, I could just soak this in all day. Yeah. So well, all right, that's, better. So that's my next thing. Then I'm gonna read it because I'm I'm completely invested in that. That's what I'm doing tonight, shirking my responsibilities as both husband and father, and uh, just gonna watch some One Punch Man. You just need some anime. Leave me alone, wife. Yeah, seriously. That's why I told my wife the other night. She told me to. Eat a dick. <laughs> was it her dick? No. Just oh, okay. so many words. In so many words. She was. She's like, a lovely woman, by the way. Everyone. Yeah. She would not actually tell me that. I would pay good money to see that happen. I'm looking at her now, but <laughs> she's probably giving you a side eye. Eh, she's on her phone. She probably can't even hear me. Well, did I say side eye or cyanide? Hmm. Right, we'll see if I'm on the next one or yeah. not. Uh, we have some comics to talk about, Steve. They're just like, okay, they got wrestling and beverages out of the way and anime for some fucking reason. Are they ever going to talk about comics? Or- <laughs> We're just easing you in. Maybe. We're easing you guys in. Yeah. Okay. You wanna, do you want to go first with something you've read? Maybe maybe just uh, pull the Band-Aid on... I'm just going to rip this cord out of your butthole because I know... Please. I know how much, Dustin, I know how much you love Marvel Comics. 
Especially yeah. currently. Yeah, I mean, uh, un, what is it? Unstoppable Wasp and Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. And uh, yeah. just can't, un, unbelievably cool Gwynpool. I mean, it's just almost <laughs> like they just stopped trying to name things differently. Yeah. You know, and, what it, you know what it is, Dustin? You know what the problem is? Is that you are a racist misogynist. And you don't like diversity in comics, and that's why you're not willing to give it a chance. Yeah, it's sad, really. I mean, I wish, I wish you were a bit more woke, but I've been saying that for a long time. So, <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> uh, no, I do want to talk about all those things that you just mentioned are completely shit, by the way. Um, but one <laughs> thing that has also been shit has been um, the entire Marvel universe collectively. Yeah, except for a few bright spots, like Unworthy Thor, which has been you know, great. Jonathan Hickman, mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw his tweet. No. Someone retweeted it. He was like, hey, DC editors, stop calling the answers. Yes, I've already fucked up one universe. I'll do it again. What? No, -uh, shut yeah. up. That had to be like on, on April Fool's. Yeah. No, I mean, it was like this week. I don't know what he was just like, ha late to the party. I use all of April for you fools. I mean, it's Jonathan Hickman. He can do whatever he wants to. Does that mean he's going to DC? No idea. Oh, that would be. That's what okay. you took from that? Not his acknowledgement that he fucked the Marvel Universe and was just like. No, but okay. he did. But look how beautifully he fucked it. Like, you knew you were getting fucked and it was great. Like, I came. It was, it was awesome. I <laughs> yeah, just. Terrible damage, unrepairable, no, loss it, of sales. VPs listen, putting their foots in their mouths. That's not his fault. He told a good story. He told a good story from the moment he got there to the moment he finished. And that was like one cohesive story throughout multiple different titles that was as complex as he would ever like it to be. And it, I think what he did when he was at Marvel was fantastic. It was them that dropped the ball after he put everything. He put everything out on the table and was like, that's it. I'm done. This is what this is my story. And then afterwards, man, they screwed the pooch. So if he so, did something at DC, oof. he's not. Is he not writing at Marvel anymore? Not now. No, he stopped after Secret Wars. Like that was his magnum opus, and then he just left. <laughs> should have maybe should have done one more after that. <laughs> no, nah, I don't want to go out on this. This is uh this is bad. This is bad. Whatever. Secret Wars is great. Like the main series. That, said no one that read it other you, than you. I thought you liked it. I thought that like you had stepped no, away and said, this is actually no. pretty good. That last one, issue number nine, was perfect. I stopped after three, Steve. Ugh, you. I couldn't get that far. Philistine. Fucking shipping delays. Anyway, so you've read Secret Empire because there's just so many secrets in the Marvel Universe. Secrets. Secrets. Yes, I did read Secret Empire number zero. I haven't been following... Um, Captain America, Steve Rogers. I've been passingly following recently Sam Wilson, um, but that's gone kind of downhill recently. Um, but Secret Empire, I'm just interested. This is going to be the last Marvel event for a very long time, for two years. Um, sure. That's sure. what they say, and I kind of do believe them. I think that as with many countries, and we will be talking politically um, soon, I think there's a lot of political fatigue and i think there's a, even more event fatigue and i think that um marvel is reading that finally and they're like i don't finally. think we, yeah i mean it's taken well, a while they said they're going to keep gouging until uh the eyes that is 
until mm -hmm. uh, people stop buying it. So. Well, that's fine. But like, I mean, I think that they know that the event thing is not what people really want right now. So they're stepping away and this is going to be kicking off their last event for a while. Um, and, you know, in case you guys didn't know, uh, and you, Dustin, he's uh, Captain America's a bad guy now. <laughs> he's Nazi. He's uh, all the leading time. I thought they didn't even come out and be like, we fixed that. They just left him like that. This is this is the story behind it. So. Well, kind of. They've been telling the story behind it in his book. And I've, again, passingly kind of stopped in and out. Oh, I don't know. Can you see me? Am I back? I can't. Yeah, I can see you. I was okay. just adjusting my microphone. So How dare you? Um, so this is kind of telling about what happened. It starts off, I will just explain the book. It starts off in 1945 just, in Japan. Uh, Captain, okay. America's, Captain America's walking up this mountain and he's meeting with somebody called Kraken, who is, I believe, an old character. And basically, he talks well, to Kraken. Well, he, was in your, he was in Secret Warriors, written by Jonathan Hickman. Yeah, exactly. So he is, like, I don't know how much he's going to play into this story. Well, he was a part of Hydra. Like the, yeah, I know. But I don't know how much he's going to play in, into this. Like, because he just kind yeah. of introduces him in 1945. Uh -huh. But him being dead doesn't matter. Because of course he, not. he basically, it's comics. It's Marvel comics. They're the ones it's, that don't care anymore. Oh, my God. Dustin. We'll bring back Uncle Ben, Aunt May, and Bucky, and just anyone else. You want five Ghost Riders? Bring them all back. That's we'll kill Eddie Brock with fucking cancer. Bring them back tomorrow. That's DC as well. That's everybody. That's every comic that has a continuity of over yeah, like it, 10 years. I mean, DC doesn't typically kill loser characters, though, and then bring them back. Yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> they do it all I the like, time. Everybody like has died. Shitty supporting character. Anyway, oh, whatever. Yes, We're not going to do the DC that. Marvel argument. Just tell me about this. Didn't they bring book. back Jonathan Kent at one point? Pretty uh, that was called a full reboot. Oh, and okay. They just oh, bring that's him back okay. To, that's bring okay. him back to kill him, Steve. Oh, okay. That's all right then. You know, there's the they're going to kill Bucky. There's the line. Um. Anyway. So he meets up with the Kraken, and he meets up with this other Hydra person who's basically said, like, Steve Rogers has been part of Hydra up until this point, and it, it's apparent in this that the Allied powers have created the Cosmic Cube. And what the universe that we knew with Steve Rogers was faked by the Cosmic Cube. It kind of doesn't makes sense in me saying it okay so steve the rogers, world that we knew was fake steve rogers has actually always been the the bad guy steve rogers. so it's the clone saga with spider-man kind of yes but not but more good so. i hope it kills nick spencer's career like it did the clone saga guys did it kill their career wasn't that i don't know no anyway. can you name me who did it i don't know i thought it can was you? can i yes i can go on the internet um, right, that's fine. You... No, I want to. I want to talk about this. So right, that's fine. You go ahead. I'll look it up. So, why am I thinking Dan Slot? Is that just in my head because he? It was, was... not dance. You know, he revisited it because he's just like, I can make anything with Spider Man cool. No, you can't, sir. And I won't read Spider Man until you leave that fucking book alone. That wasn't during Bagley and what's his name? Was it? Oh, the clone. Just, just tell me about the book. Yeah, it was. I can't remember. Um, 
the point is that basically this is all a preface to him in today's world and basically the uh kraken and this uh, these other people in hydra are saying look you're going to forget everything but just at the end of it remember that you've always been hydra and that we've always we've been training you for this like they're going to rewrite reality and eventually we're going to rewrite it back so this is the story obviously it's going to be end up being fake and he's going to come back so it's a rewrite on a rewrite on a rewrite it's inception um but what i like about this story is not that what i like about this story is the way that captain america dismantles everything in shield by using shield it's it's great so he basically orchestrates a multi-front war by capturing the shatari queen such that like all of the shataris have to fly to earth they're like compelled to fly to earth so he's got the space folks like alpha flight and captain marvel he's got them all going up there um and the reason that like earth is not protected that it had a, a force field around it but they he sent some hydra guy to bomb it so he's got like captain or he's got the iron man and Ironheart trying to like put this thing back together while alpha flight's fighting them and then he's got oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. who who, who is their backup alpha flight alpha flight and captain marvel alpha flight is part of like the shield in the space thing now that makes sense go ahead yeah why not they're canadians we'll let them have something <laughs> We have anything for Canada? Just send them to space. Just send, send them to fuck the fuck up planet. Out. We can't Please. make up enough crime for them. Just it's just true. Just look, I live here. Nothing happens. Knock on wood. Just kidding. Yeah, I was like, uh, maybe you should just be happy with that. No, I'm very happy because when the shit hits the fan, it's going to be the shit hitting your fan and not my fan. Um. Okay, so he also orchestrates this. Uh, riot basically in New York with all of the ex incarcerated supervillains who are in that Pleasant Hill thing, mm -hmm. which is entirely forgettable. Let's just not go and talk about Marvel, that. Marvel didn't forget about it. I, think I read we, one issue. That's how this whole shit started. That shit was awful. And it is how this whole thing started. It was terrible. It was an interesting concept, uh, but really just terrible. Um, but, uh, you so, you cut out there. I'm not sure we we heard what you said. Oh really? Really? Okay. Just, I'm not. No, just the last. No, I'm serious. Just the last. Part oh, I thought it. you just needed me to um, reiterate that it is very terrible. I just said how bad it is. Oh okay, that's over and over and over again. No, like, seriously, it was just like. Oh okay. I was like, what? It's what? What is <laughs> it? Like, We're all waiting. Um. So anyway, he's got these supervillains attacking New York, and so he sends in the Mighty Avengers. So he's got like a bunch of shit going on. And he's just playing that cup game with the, the ball and the cups thing. And he's just moving shit around. And it just, to me, is very interesting until finally, like, the shoe drops. And he's like, hey, by the way, Hail Hydra. Like, I just, I shut, he, he basically orchestrated it. So he bombed the shield, but not, like, terrible, so, so that he could, like, turn it back on again. And he waited until everybody was out there with the Shataris, like, coming in. So like all of the powerful people in the cosmos are out and now he doesn't have to worry about them. And uh, he's encased New York in this dark hole dimension uh, so that they can't see anything and they can't get in or out. They're fucked. Um, and he's descending upon DC where presumably he's going to take over. And just the way that- As long was, as he reveals his taxes. 
Of course. Well, you know, we never talked about that during his campaign to become Shield director, and the people I don't mean, care I just about that. Just taking over Washington D.C. You know, no, the, the people don't care about that now, Dustin. They just care about his reforms. They care about his uh, edicts that he hands hey, down. I'm just saying, for me, I care about those taxes. <laughs> um. So the art was really good. It was the same team that's been doing all of the Captain America books, I think, so Nick Spencer or whatever. Um, the writing is better than in anything in those series, and I really enjoyed it. Like, I liked how they set this whole thing up. I liked the multidimensional aspect to how he's going to, to pull the rug out from everybody and has, and is going to take over presumably the America uh, for Hydra, and that's kind of great. So I'm kind of interested to see where this is going to go, and then afterwards I'm looking forward to a long break. From events, unless they're just going to do another Infinity oh, from from Marvel. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens this summer and generations. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of raining down on me. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's why I think of every time I read that title for some reason. Oh, okay. Um, quick yeah. question. Okay, what do you think of the new Generation X lineup, Steve? I mean, Jubilee's in it. She's leading it, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm happy. Chase That's Chamber? It? Really? I don't even know. Like, Jubilee? Who's in it? Just Chamber there? Uh, I hoped you had remembered. But, uh... <laughs> uh, right, hold on. Quick. Of, there are lots of new X-Men teams. There's five fucking people responsible for the Clone Saga, by the way. Yeah. Uh, two of them, I know, are still working. The other ones... Terry Cavandaga. Oh, yeah. Joey uh, Cavallari. Todd DeZago. J.M. DeMattis and yeah. Tom DeFacco. Yeah. I was thinking of uh, DeMattis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know who's in the new Generation X thing. Is Sugar Man going to be there? Because that's the only thing I give a fuck about. I know uh, Quentin Quire, whatever oh, yeah. the fuck is him. He's in there. That's good. I like him. I mean, I don't. Why? He's I great. kind of, I kind of hate all X Men characters that Grant Morrison came up with. Okay, but he was good. He uh, at times. Um, I, I've really over the last couple of months, I've come to hate uh, Grant Morrison. Everything Grant Morrison did on X Men because I realized how much he fucked up the X Men. Okay, interesting. Maybe that it's, that needs a, a reread of New X Men. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think that. Uh, maybe there's some annoying fucking ad on this thing that I'm trying to. Fucking hell. Uh, I don't really know the rest of these ass stains. Um, <laughs> there's some girl with deer horns, and then a guy with one deer horn. I don't know. Okay. I don't know any of these these assholes. You know any of these assholes, Steve? Sure. I know all of them. No, I, I know all of these assholes. I do not. Uh, looks like Chamber is going to be there, though, right? That's good. Was that Chamber? I think, like, I'm looking at uh, concept art right now. Reveal. Like, yeah, preview I'm... art. I shouldn't have brought this up. This is this is poorly no, timed. I'm listen, just going to go into a review. You hold on. You should always bring up Generation X. Always. Never feel bad about that. Well, yeah, but I should have had something prepped. That's okay. <laughs> so, 
All right. Well, what did you read then? Red Sonia, the new so, one. What? Ew, why? Because she's in the present day, Steve. There is. <sighs> it's really weird. I don't love the book, but I can't stop reading it. I'm on. It's on its fourth issue. Just released this past week. Okay. And they kind of finally revealed like what you kind of figured out on the the first fucking issue is that uh, someone fucked up, sent three different people through time and they all got there at different times because time, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> so the bad guy, uh, Gilgamesh or whatever the fuck his real name is, something, something stupid that starts with a D a G. I can never remember his name. So I just call him whatever I think of at the moment. Was it Gary? Um, Greg? No, it, no, it's it's like Galachab or some shit. Oh, like that. Yeah, 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 so we'll just call him Glockenspiel. Glockenspiel. Ooh, how, how melodic. So he got there first and just started being evil and waiting for Red Sonia to show up because bad guys wait for the heroes to show up. I sure. don't know. Sure. Uh, and then this other guy who was a baby, he showed up. His parents like died so he's been just raised as like a new yorker for some reason knows his old language still and doesn't know that he can do magic until this issue and then you know sonia shows up and she's just like where the fuck am i ah starts swinging the sword and shit and this guy's already taken over the city kind of makes you wonder why he gives a fuck about sonia and uh yeah that's kind of it's kind of the whole story and now they're like fighting this dragon demon thing that the bad guy called out and uh it's real dumb because he he like hit it on the nose like a bad dog he's like you're late bam bam and i was just like what is this what's going on here and that's my problem with this series is that i i just don't know what the fucking tone is i don't know if there's supposed to be these weird comedic moments because it doesn't fit with the rest of it it's all these like really like hitting a demon dog thing on with like a piece of paper that's like a low-hanging fruit joke like it's just like you know something like a dad would be like oh you should hit him with the, the paper you know it's just it's really weird and all the jokes are like that like sonia goes to a finds a bar i think in the third issue or something and she drinks a 400 hundred dollar bill of booze My and is still alive <laughs> and i'm yeah. just like uh what no, she'd be dead. She was doing hard alcohol and beer for like 12 hours. Listen, listen. Hey, uh, pump the alcohol. brakes. Pump the brakes. Alcohol dude. poisoning. Listen, is... she's red goddamn Sonia. She could drink. Uh, she's probably like drank fucking meat out of flagons or out of, by which I mean, dead she, dude's dicks. She's probably like, she like makes a comment that it's much stronger than what she's used to. Now. so and then they give her they give her yoga outfit for like two pages and then she's back in the fucking chain mail pretending to be a hostess at the party that this glockenspiel is hosting and then they're just like bam we're here and now she has to protect the guy that's been protecting her well she has to learn how to drive a motorcycle yeah, well, that's instantly. Because she's like, no man drives me, so I'll drive. And the guy's just like, okay, <laughs> kill us, please. 
So it's, but it's weird. It's like, I can't stop reading it. I just wish it was a lot better. Uh, Cause it's like, oh, this is like really the legit, I think first time Red Sony has been in the present and this story is hot trash. And uh, yeah, when she took a bum's leather coat, I mean, she was like, it's sense. so much colder in New York than the frozen wasteland. And I was like, what? What? Seriously? We're going to say that? Okay. Whatever. Why not? Could just say she wanted a fucking leather coat. I would have bought that. I would have bought that What? much, much better than saying a frozen wasteland isn't as cold as New York. Seems like some exaggerated commentary about the weather in New York to me, but... Uh, is it I really don't live there. I don't know I about don't. New York. I know that we're on the same weather system in Montreal, but we're obviously much colder. So they can suck a dick. Well, there you go. And apparently you have nothing on a frozen wasteland. Or no, you uh, do have everything on a frozen wasteland. I live in a fucking frozen wasteland. That is my life currently. Apparently Sonia's never been there. I don't know. I don't know. Man. Well, look, man, it's your fault for reading... A Red Sonya book. Like, I don't know why you would do that to yourself. When is the last time Red Sonya has ever been good or relevant? Like, putting the, her into... Never. Yeah, putting her into modern day. That is, like, the last gasp of trying to do something good with the character that has long been dead, like, to everybody. Yeah. They put Gail Simone on a Red Sonya book. Is this still Gail Simone, maybe? No, it's uh, Amy Chu. Oh, okay. But, like, still, they could they could put, like, big names on on Red Sonja and still not going to push the book. Like no one cares really. No. Yeah. Well, especially when you put her in the uh, modern day, I don't know. The art's okay. They have like these weird cheesecake moments. Like they had her getting out of the bath for some reason. I don't know the shower. And it was just like, okay, (laughs) there's a lot of pages dedicated to this. We're burning through pages waiting for her to get his clothes on. And you're not showing any nudity. It's just, what the fuck's the point of this? If you're going to go like a boundless comics and just be like, here's some boobies. Just, <laughs> just there. You just enjoy that. Instead, it was just like, let's play hide the boob. Oh, and by the way, we're going to show most of her crotch. She shaves, just in case you're wondering. I mean, clearly. Why would she, Steve? No, because she's a... She wouldn't. Dude, she probably does that with her own goddamn broadsword. She just like takes and goes, whoosh, whoosh, little. No. no? Yeah, she's got time for that. She's like, you know what? Let me, you know what's really good in this swamp while I'm trying to kill this creature? You know, mm-hmm. itchiness. Let me just shave and just constantly have to shave and keep it up. No. Yeah. She is I, a. I don't buy it. Listen, she's a lady about town. Now she's a modern woman. Of course she would do some landscaping. I don't see she why not. She wasn't a modern woman. She was just like, I don't like these yoga clothes. But she is now. Maybe that's one thing she, that she took to. She hasn't. And they haven't finished the journey. It's been it's been go 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 with her. So I got that running from bad guys. Yeah, riding motorcycles. Yeah, being Red Sonya, doing her thing, owning it probably. Yeah, something. I guess. Yeah, I don't recommend it. So. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. No problem. What else you got there, Steve? All right, so it's something that we both did. Hold on. Uh, something that we both read, actually, and it's a, a boom book. I'm interested to see what you think about this one, or thought about this one. We were going to talk about it last time. It's called God Shaper. 
Mm-hmm. Twice Simon Spurrier and Jonas Goonface. Great name. Um, before I get into this, I don't know if I want to ask you this before. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna explain what this is about. What I okay. It's basically a world in which electricity has just mysteriously disappeared. There's nothing that actually functionally works that has to do with technology. And instead, inexplicably, um, people each have their own god, who they call a god. Now, a lot of things happen through these usually small, kind of incandescent little imaginative creatures. They look like doodles almost. Um, You can do commerce through them. Um, and what they usually do is, let's say, like, for example, and how this thing, whole thing starts off, which is, by the way, set in almost like a like a Wild West town, but clearly in modern day. Um, and yeah, I, mean, I kind of got like it was uh, almost a little Great Depression type. Yeah, era. yeah. It's like 20th century, but yeah. it could be any time because electricity has been fucked. So it could be just later in, in life. So they've had to go back to old means or whatever. Um, but anyway, like you use these gods for commerce. So um, this one kid is trying to buy a picture of his um, like favorite pop star or something like that. And to do that, he has to pray to his god to pay the person who's selling the picture, this is god, and so, like, you pay, you pray, and then, like, basically, the the currency is transferred, I guess. Yeah, right? The beads. The beads, yeah. they call it. Which is really cool. I like that idea. It's like, okay, I'm going to pray to my god. And basically, they go into a little bit of the mythology here in which um, if your person dies, then your god eventually, over a few days, will also die because the people are called believers. So they keep their gods alive and their gods kind of keep them happy. Now, what a god shaper is within this mythology is somebody who can change, literally shape your god. So if you wanted to change the look of your god, you can do that. If you wanted to change what your god can do, um, like give it x-ray vision, if you wanted to give it some other kind of ability, flight, whatever, then this god shaper can like literally stick his hands into the goo that is your god and reshape it and mix it up, um, for which they get paid. in various ways. Now, god shapers are called usually no no goddies, like instead of nobodies, no goddies, which I thought was kind of clever. And they don't have gods themselves, so they're looked upon as like pariahs of society. Like nobody wants them there. But as the guy, the the lead person in this, who is obviously a god shaper, says like nobody wants you, but everybody needs you because it's like a a, a car repair person. Right. Like, no, you don't. You look at those guys and you're like, these look like untrustworthy motherfuckers, but I need someone to fix up my car. Um, yeah. And so this follows the story of one such God shaper who kind of makes a deal in this little town. He gets on his little soapbox, makes a social spiel and goes and fixes this uh, person of ill repute. Let's say this dude who is making kind of mob deals or whatever. He's just in some shady shit. And this God shaper fixes up his God. Uh, after which this god shaper goes to a bar and apparently he's some like underground revolutionary singer guy who's like i think they're called catnicks or something yeah i think that's it yeah it's like a 
Well, it's just it's kind of in a way like think rockabilly, but yeah. with more of a political like message of like change society and and such. Because you think about it, you know, the culturally everything would be a lot further behind because you're not having that like flow of information that like we have or mm -hmm. that TV provided. So yeah, it's it's true, and like so he is kind of the the light under everybody everybody's ass. It is kind of, it is rockabilly like. In style, it's like rockabilly punk kind of yeah. thing, right? Like with that message. With glam. With lots of glam. Because this guy is, like, after he gets it done with his set, you see this whole sequence over two pages, or of a double-page spread, of him working his way through the crowd. And he's like, this dude is pulling him into the bathroom, presumably, to fuck him. And on the way, he, like, makes out with this chick. And he's just kind of, like, all over the place. And he's just, like, having political arguments with everybody and having music arguments with everybody. Um, it was like that shift from the character who is kind of like this charlatan um, guy who like, while he was doing that mob shape, that mod guy's reshaping of his God, his God was stealing shit from their back room. Like, and he was just this charlatan dude. who was wearing a bowler hat, nicely dressed kind of, but dusty. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And then he becomes this rockabilly guy. I was like, that's, that's kind of weird. And then he gets involved in some kind of political war shit. There's some war that happened. And this woman who's an amputee who is a veteran of this war like needs this help because she needs to talk to the guy whose God this dude just reshaped um, because he's got some intel that she needs basically to clear her name. Yeah, he was the one that stole it, and she's the one that took the fall for it. Yeah, yeah. So, like, she got dishonorably discharged from the the military, whatever that is, in this thing. Um, her god got decommissioned or de-evolved, not to be all Digimon. Well, yeah, I mean, because what it is is, like, the more beads you have, the bigger and better your god is. Mm -hmm. And when you lose all your, your beads, they become smaller. So now her big ass god is just this tiny little like pocket monster type thing yeah so and pretty, his god isn't normal. even his god it's a uh someone else's god that died and he's like somehow keeping it alive and such but see is that true like i did maybe i missed something but it seemed like he kept on saying you're not my god to this little ghost creature that's with him yeah um, bob or no bob bub bub bub, bub yeah bud it bud God, no, yeah bob. bud something bub. like bub bub rookie yeah bud like that. um which is cool he just looks like a little ghost with a little hat on which is simple but nice he's um, all about headwear he's all about headwear yeah like he trades this thing for hats like that's his big thing um so they kind of tease what this big war that happened they tease with this female character who used to be a veteran um and I'm into it. Like, eventually, what happens? I mean, you just go and check it out because I think it's worth reading. Um, but um, they are tempted to help this woman, um, and the god really wants to, but this guy doesn't really want to go back. He's like, "We got to get out west. That's where we're heading. If we get pulled up in all of this shit, we're just gonna lose track and we're gonna get caught." And blah blah blah. Um, but. Something happens. Do they go back? Do they not? I'm not going to ruin it. Um, and some weird, like, almost Pokemon fighting shit kind of happens. And it's 
very strange, but not like you don't understand what's going on during it. It reminded me of, and I reviewed this a while ago for the site for commonbastards.com, um, the motherless oven in which like everybody has a little God and society is based around these little gods. Um, it's a really good book. And this gave me a, a similar kind of feel to it. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was strange enough that it was like, okay, this is kind of weird. I really want to know what's going on, but not too disenfranchisingly so, I guess. Um, and it's the first boom book that I've enjoyed for a long time. Hmm. How, did, how did you feel about it? Like, I'm interested to, to hear what you think. Uh, I actually really liked it. I'm not always big on uh, Cy Spears stuff, but hmm. uh, Jonah Goodenface, I read a lot of his indie stuff that he actually writes too. Um he has a good series called uh, Follow the Leader. And then he also had this uh, this one. I can't remember what it was. It's basically ninjas and pirates in space. It was real good. Okay. I think I actually talked about it on a, a past episode. Uh, so I love the art. I actually really like the concept around like these gods and stuff and the beads. Because when you think about it, it's the only form of currency. Mm-hmm. So how do people that are born without a god make it? You know, like, how do they survive? Because if you see, like, that's why I'm like, the, the the bud guy isn't his god because everyone sees him and knows, like, that's a dying god. But then more importantly, he never uses him to do any sort of balance transfers because I'm pretty sure that's, like, completely off the table for them. And they're just, he's kind of just using him to pretend so that he fits in with the underground scene of, like, because he just... Even even there, there's this stigma of you have to, you know, have a god to, to fit in here. And that's like, I don't know, it's kind of like this ultimate outsider story. I did think the shift was really harsh, but I thought it was very intentional. I actually kind of ended up liking it. At first, I was kind of like, what the fuck? And then towards the end, especially when he was just going around the room and stuff, I got that that was, that was him being himself. That was the real character. The character we saw before is the one he has to kind of play to get by and get through. Mm. Like he can't go around being who he wants to be because he doesn't have a God to do anything with it. You know, he has to play the role of what everyone thinks the God shaper, you know, is. And, uh, but it's just kind of like, it kind of made me feel for the character more that way of just kind of how, in a way sad his life is because he can't, he has to have these two faces that he uses and he has to do stuff that other people don't have to do just to survive. You know, like they were robbing that guy just to survive because they knew he was going to pay them jack shit. And he gave him like old clothes. And, and that was like, he probably still needed and took those clothes too. And it was just like the world building and how well he explained everything without just having a fucking page of, of printed word was I think pretty fantastic. And I thought the art brought the the rest of the world to life. And I hope, cause I really do like Jonah Goodface's artwork, which I'm, I thought that was cool that that's like his pen name. That's not actually his last name. Cause mm-hmm. he always used to, like when he sent me all his stuff is under his last name. But then when I saw he got announced at boom, I was like, that's uh that's the one guy. Oh, cool. Hmm. Uh, I just hope he doesn't get pull a Daniel Bayless and get stuck there. Because when you think about it, Bayless had that like one pretty decent one where he worked with the Coheed Cambria guy. 
-hmm. and then after that it's just been like you know like they're good they're good gigs and stuff but it's nothing i'm like oh fuck yeah i'm gonna read this because daniel bayless is on it's more like what is it about no i'm not reading escape from new york plus fucking big trouble in china why would anyone do this um so i'm hoping that doesn't happen because i really did like this book i'm hoping it launches him to something else or if anything that he just gets a chance to tell his own stories because he is a a very competent and talented writer in his own regard Mm. so and i mean like he can tell the way he handles the visual part of the narrative very well in this and like it's i would definitely read more of his stuff for sure so so yeah i think i think it's all free his uh Follow the leader, I believe, is free. It's like a web comic that he just kind of collects issues for, and is like, boom. Oh, nice. So that's uh, so that's God Shaper. Read it. That's good yeah. shit. Good shit, man. Go boom. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this now. Do so it. Do it. Real Friends. It's by uh, Shannon Hale, and art by Lu Ying Fam, I believe. What's up, fam? And uh, it is, it's something you should read, Steve, because it'll scare the shit out of you about your own child growing up. Nope, not going to do it. Not going to do it. Uh, it is, essentially, it follows, it's a autobiographical. Um, so Shannon is the character and the writer. And it's about her journey through elementary school and making friends and kind of the changes that go through with that so eventually she so she has a best friend the best friend moves away she kind of gets a a pseudo replacement for a bit but then they enter i think like the third or fourth grade or i think it's third grade and her her best friend has another friend from like church because it's set in salt lake very mormon uh centric family so everyone has like 50 fucking kids and shit (laughs) and and so when this happens so then her friend who has a friend also has a friend and so now a group is formed and the one girl her name's Jin she's like the the center of it she's like kind of just becomes the leader of the group and everyone wants to sit next to her and and you know hear what she has to say and and like they make her rank them and all this shit and then like eventually she gets the shannon girl gets invited into the group and she's just like okay whatever she's just like just kind of goofy and she makes up like stories at the drop of the hat that the other girls love that they're just like okay we're gonna be like dallas cowboy cheerleaders but we're like and she's like we didn't even know what the fuck those were <laughs> but it was just something we saw and so we were just like we're gonna be them but it was like dallas cowboy cheerleaders plus Charlie's angels and and stuff like that. And so she just like makes up stories at all the time. And that's kind of like what she does. And then eventually it gets to the point where this other girl is like jealous of her and is essentially bullying her, even though she doesn't really kind of understand that, that that's what's happening to her. And uh, the group, you know, like they change classes and then she gets put in a different class and then she kind of gets thrown under the bus by this other girl saying that like, she's like, oh, I told you we're all in that class. And she was like, what the fuck? We never talked, you know, like we never talked. And then she's like on the outs with this group. And finally is just like, I'm leaving, you know, 
like and she asked her friend to come with her she's like come with me to another group and she's just like I, I these are my friends too i'm just gonna stay here and so she finds herself kind of ostracized from this group and uh just missing her friend she's just like i just miss my friend and it just kind of goes from there i don't want to spoil the rest of it and stuff but she also has things with her sister that she's dealing with and just like other girls that she's connecting with in a way because they're going through similar things and it was just very um i don't know it captured elementary quite well i think that it's just like it's a weird time in life where you're you're building friendships and stuff and it's it is kind of confusing when one kid figures out like hey we're all fucking ranked right now and you're just like huh what the fuck okay and just that whole like you're with us or you're not type of type of deal and and though it's uh you know although it's very gender focused and i mean on the female perspective and everything i found a lot of it to be very relatable and uh frightening to think of that my child will one day go through this shit as well that's why you should and shouldn't read it steve because it's just like this is a good reminder <sighs> what how can i help in the future yeah so, but I guess, uh, like is there anything that you can i don't know i guess you can help it's ugh. Um, I think so, because I like the number one thing that I kind of picked up on this is that she didn't talk to anyone and she didn't feel like anyone was available to talk to. Mm. And so, you know, not, not that I'm like going to go go in the back in time and be like, just talk to someone, talk to your parents. But, you know, just being more aware of if they don't talk, you should talk to them, I guess, or something. I'm not here to fucking parent, Steve. Don't make me do that. I think we should um, be. I think we should be. <laughs> But it's uh, the art is fantastic. Uh, it's very just like simple. I have like a review proof so I, I can show Steve here. But it, this it, it's going to be in full color. But this is just like just the black and white alone is actually really good. Yeah, I mean, they should probably just keep it that way. I kind of like it. I kind of like the way yeah, it looks. Yeah, they, they won't. Yeah. There's something to be said about like the different shades of gray, the gradients, you know, like if there's there's some really expressive stuff like that, that book that I was talking about, the motherless oven had some great work in it. That was that. Yeah. There's yeah, like, I don't know. Like I prefer it with the black and white. Yeah. But I mean, they, they're pretty much going for a younger audience with it. That's, so, and that's completely you know, okay. And kids aren't going to give a shit about grayscale. That's but true. yeah. Like I wasn't annoyed. They were like the full book will be colored. And I was like, I don't didn't really mind. Didn't bother yeah. me, but you know, that's just, that's my reading habits. So yeah. No, uh, it's not out yet. I don't know when the hell it comes out soon. Okay. Let's say within the month. That's cool. Sounds maybe I'll maybe good. I will check it out. Like uh, that does sound something that I should read, even if it's something that I don't normally read. I guess. If I mean, if anything, it's something you could read with your daughter later yeah. on. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not saying like. Even though this is for a younger audience, I think this is this is a good example of an old ages because. Yeah, kids, young kids are going to relate to this instantly. But for me, I was just like, man, that's relatable because it, it kind of was like a reminder of my youth and stuff like that. So I, I didn't have any qualms in reading it and enjoying it. I didn't feel like I was just struggling through a kid's book. So, hmm. Yeah, right on. Sold. Sold. You just sold one copy. They're going to give me a nickel. No, they're not going to give me shit, actually. Uh, the book. Take a nickel to give you grief, like you give me all the time. No thanks. 
You got you got something else, Steve? Or uh, no? Let's let's skip that last one. Let's go right into the main event. All right. I'm ready. I'm right. ready. It's the year of the bastard. It's the year of the bastard. Yeah, it is. This is it, man. This is the whole reason. Yep. That we're doing this. It's uh, it's transmit time. The segment is called Year of the Bastard because of this volume, Volume Three. Warren Ellis, Derek Robertson, Rodney Ramos, Ramos, as I'll Ramos. be corrected later, probably. Ramos. Several people, probably. First of all, my wife. But <laughs> did um, she just say that? Did she was like, it's uh, it's Ramos? No, nah, she knows I can't hear with the headphones on, so she's right. like, I'm trying. Yeah, this is the. Uh, this is the shit, man. <laughs> this is this is what spiked people. They were just like, ah, oh, yeah, trans metropolitan for life. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's so good. <laughs> I, I just don't even know where to begin because it's just so, first of all, it's really complex. Mm -hmm. uh, second of all, I wish I'd read this before last year's election because I could have just started mailing copies to Congress, but like, here you go. Here you go. Just that's, that's for you. Read that. Yeah. Read that shit. Yeah. Tell me that you're not crooked. Um, it's so funny too, because this is the beginning. This is like the, like, this is the, where the real story kind of begins, I guess. Like mm -hmm. where the, the kind of his whole remit, his war against this whole thing really begins. Like, that. yeah, he's like, like it says in the book, he's been, steering himself away from politics he didn't want to get involved back in politics because that's how that's kind of what made him famous in a way it's like like dave chappelle when he left the dave chappelle show he did so because he became too famous he couldn't go do anything because people were like cat calling him about like charlie murphy stories r.i.p see at the crossroads and like he he just did he couldn't be who he was um, and I feel like that's what Spider Jerusalem did. But now he's made the conscious effort to get back into politics. But that comes later, obviously. Yeah. So he's he's called by his editor and told that he has to cover the election. Like everyone's waiting for it. And he's just kind of like, all right, fuck it. I'll, I'll do it. Because they call this guy the smiler. because He's always smiling. And they're just like, can this guy actually take down the beast? Because he's already tried to take down the beast, who is the president. That's what they call the president of the United States in this, is that they call him the beast, which is something I believe Spider-Jerusalem dubbed him as. Indeed. And so, to such a degree that his own children call him that yeah. to his face. Um, and so <laughs> Spider goes after the smiler instead. He kind of wants to know about this guy, what makes him tick and shit. And he goes and sees an old, uh, what is her fucking name? She's now she's a drug pusher, but she used to be a political campaign runner. Yeah. And he is, I am not shitting you, guarded by Charlie Brown. <laughs> yep. So, straight just, up Charlie Brown. Just straight up fucking Charlie Brown, who he takes down like just, oh my God, Spider Jerusalem may be a small, scrawny man, but he is a scary motherfucker. Yeah. That's like one of the things that I always liked about like a line that always stuck with me is when in the first volume where he's talking to like before he meets Channon and he goes into the strip club and he's talking to the cyclopic cycloptic uh, bodyguard um, or like bouncer at the bar. And she, yeah. she goes and she's like huge and she's massive. 
she stands in front of him and he goes, look, you're definitely going to be able to kick my ass, but you'll lose an eye doing it. <laughs> it's like, that's the kind of guy, meaning you'll go blind. Like, yeah. that's the kind of guy the spider Jerusalem is. He will probably get his ass beat, as he has done before, and will do after this. But he will also get some good licks in, and he takes this guy down, no problem. It's fucking great. And so, uh, and it is great. I agree. And so he kind of starts digging into uh, into this guy. He goes into the word, and he gets a new assistant, and it's uh, what's-his-face's niece. Yeah, this is editor's niece. <laughs> She is nothing like Shannon. No. Or Shannon or whatever, which is kind of great. I, I enjoyed that. And she kind of hates him, you know, as the the sirens go. And, as the, uh, she, that's how much she hates him. She looks like Daria's best friend mm-hmm. with the personality of Daria. Yeah, that is very accurate. Yeah. And so uh, he, he gets a meeting... <laughs> That's great because he beats the shit out of this old woman. <laughs> I was just on that page too. Yeah, who's actually just like a dude dressed up like a woman selling drugs, and she like lays into him on that, and he's just like, "Hey, that was you know, that wasn't what it looked like, but I still don't care what you think." <laughs> and uh, then we meet Bill Chimpfucker, which is fucking great. Just a, a terrible, terrible story. And he's like, it was just, it was only the ones, pretty lady. Just yeah. famous words to live by. Where and so he kept he goes, on saying, like, I've got all these other good nicknames. Like, I, I've done this. Like, I created yeah. these doors. You know, I, I helped the security here. They call me the security guy. <laughs> it's like, but nobody ever called, uh, but people only call me one thing. It's like, hey, chip fucker. It's like, God damn it. I only did it one time. It was great. <laughs> That's all it takes, really. I think, yeah. my. Yeah, you fuck a cow. I'm calling you cow fucker. You fuck a chimp. I'm calling you chimp fucker. I definitely went through that in my high school years. Continue. And so uh, he goes into this political meeting because he's interested in this Vera uh, person that's helping run the Smilers campaign. Like he finds her to be the the square peg in the round hole of their group, and and for good good reason because she doesn't particularly fit in there. But then they have this very uh, politically correct debate in front of him. And Spider just doesn't, he just sits there. He's just staring at the smiler, waiting for the smile to fade. And when it does, oh, God, it's just so, it's just so great. Just the, just the artwork of just watching this fucking fake smile, just like, it just starts to look more and more pained than anything. And uh, he does a source like pill where he drops us like source gas and he can like just eavesdrop on their conversation of when he leaves and he writes a story on it and just lights this guy up in, in the fucking press, which makes him spider. That is, it makes him super famous. And one of the great things I thought uh, that happens later on is that uh, the smiler guy, he's like, you know, you've turned one of your own into the story and that's not even, like that we're not here for that like i don't even care if you write about me but just stay on subject and i was just like my god how how fucking relevant was that last year yeah yeah how relevant is that right now yeah exactly so and it's um, weird because it's it's like flipped oddly because it's coming from a bad guy but you're like you're also like yeah that makes sense like don't become the sensation that you know you're not supposed to be the story so it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and then he kind of looks into Heller and he's just like, Heller is no different than the beast. Mm-hmm. And it's great because there's like this huge cheesecake moment for these two women just like pouring out of their, their very skimpy outfits. And I'm pretty sure that they stole the H on the red and made that the, the red lantern logo. Yeah. It really looks like it. I was, yeah, I, when I saw it, I was like, what like yeah. Yeah. It was Heller, crazy. Heller being like the, the guy who the smile is going up against in the primary. Yeah. Right. For the, uh, the, the party in opposition, which I thought was great. And there's a guy yeah. that's clearly Hitler with a different mustache. Yes. And I think that was, that was great that they didn't just give him the stash that they were just made it a little more subtle to kind of show the spirit of the crowd. Yeah. And how would you, who do you think this crowd would be cheering for today, Dustin? Oh, very much so. Our yeah. current president Trump. Yeah. It's so America's for Americans. Is yeah. That's what it says. That's, that is the slogan. Holy is, shit. I read that. And I just wanted to cry. Yeah. And the best part is like spider writes it all. And he's like, I didn't make up a single word of that. Yeah. And it's just like, and he has this terrible look on his face, uh, just very frightened. And I just had to kind of go, yeah, man, I feel that like right now, every day, every yeah. day when I wake up a little, a little scared. Did, hey, did we, do we enter a complex war with North Korea yet? <laughs> because <laughs> assholes didn't understand no. the, why we didn't just bomb them to begin with. Oh, I don't know. Cause they have a bunch of missiles pointed at fucking South Korea. And uh, it's great because then uh, I just forgot her name. What is her name? Yasmin or no? Wait. Oh, Vera. No, no, not Vera. The assistant. Oh, Yelena. Yeah. Um. She's just like fuck this guy. She spits on him and shit. And then Vera shows up, and he has a very frank and kind of like a pleasant conversation with her. Like yeah. he he connects to her on some level. A bit, a bit flirtatious in a way, but then it's just kind of, I don't know, just almost like kindred spirits type of deal. And he gives this uh, backhanded compliment or endorsement of the Smiler because of her, which should cue the dun 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 music instantly. Because I, it made me nervous when I saw yeah. that. And by the time you get to the end, you'll see why I was so nervous even though even though i was nervous i still couldn't couldn't didn't call it i didn't see it coming steve i should have i should have he painted the picture he he cleared the road he trimmed the trees he picked up the everything up and i still didn't see it coming i know i know but that's like that's why it's classic like that's why it's so good because yeah. he like even if you do see it coming from a mile away you're just kind of like so invested in the moment yeah. where I think you're right. Like you see spider Jerusalem here at his most vulnerable, probably like you, you mentioned that part where like you see his face and he's just kind of like smoking the cig and he's just like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, what do I do? And then he meets with this person and all of his defenses just drop to he's like, he's actually a, a regular person. He's not like angry. He's not whatever. And it's just very interesting. And even with that moment, like, you know, it's coming. You're like, well, I'm kind of enjoying this right now. Like this is a, like Ellis doesn't seem pissed off in this. He's saying it seems like he's speaking with someone he respects and he loves. And that's obviously what gets him and her into trouble. So, you know, and then uh, as it goes on, uh, chapter four, hate, which I thought was great. Yeah. Uh, his book comes out and it's just his face 
and his glasses and it says i hate it here and it's just his columns because in the first issue he was just like <laughs> this is how he talks to his book publisher he calls her like some like dolphin whore or some shit uh, whore, I don't humper. Know. Whore, humper. whore humper there yeah. we go very flattering mm-hmm. uh and he's just like hey my contract says i can just use these columns as my first book and my second book going to be all about politics so suck it yeah just, you know stone colder and it blows up a car <laughs> i believe after that yeah mm-hmm. and so then he <laughs> runs into the, all these people wearing his glasses and he's just like you scheming dog fucker i've got you red hand you lee uh, lee harvey oswald son of a bee and then the guy's like please look and he, he points and they're giving away his fucking shades and it's just this total mind fuck and what's great is that then after this yelena goes and sees her her uh, uncle because they're trying to get him to sign a bunch of autographs and stuff to add to the book and jack up the price to just fucking astronomical proportions and she's just like yeah i don't i don't fucking get this guy he's like just pumping pills and drugs and everything he can and he explains to him he's like that like and jerusalem keeps saying he's like i'm just trying to say stay present and it's great because he he's like this is where i am and he shows her a picture of the mountains yeah and she doesn't get it but as a reader we fucking know that's that's where he wants to be that's where he is he's constantly checking out to go there but then uh his his editor says it perfectly he's just like he needs to be in the city to write but he also needs to be hated and he's not right now he's beloved he's so fucking beloved and he just can't he's just taking these pills to keep his edge yeah and i thought that was just incredible like yeah. that alone like that scene i was just like fucking incredible yeah uh and then as it goes on he he uses he starts using his fame to manipulate the masses and he takes them to the slums of the slums of the slums yeah like the shittiest place in the city yeah where there's this uh virus that eats away your flesh and only exists in America and used to only exist in third world countries, but it only exists in this section of the city. And he just kind of like scares the shit out of these people with it. Um, and uh, I'm going to skip this next part because then something, something great happens and I don't want to spoil it. Cause I think it's just fantastic. And uh, Callahan gets the nomination and he falls for spiders tricks of uh you know, of he he publicly states that he's going to take care of all the problems that Spider pointed out, and he's just like, I fucking got him, you know. And and I think Yelena sees sees what he was finally trying to do, like how he was trying to game the system and his fame and stuff. But then they announce the vice president, and he's just like instantly raged. He's like, No, no, fuck this. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill this entire campaign. He is not having it. He's just like, who the fuck is this guy? And I'm going to leave it there. I don't think I want to spoil anything else, but it is just incredible, especially, I mean, just the last chapter slash issue of this on its own is great. And I love that the back says the fix is in because he keeps saying that, like, he know he's just like, nah, none of this shit is the way it seems. There's, there's a reason the Smiler got it. And uh, and he just he's just like even though he hates the beast he's not willing to just 
he's not willing to just switch out faces. He's like, no, if we're going to, if you're going to vote, and I love how they describe voting. He's like, you're in a room with all these crazy fuckers doing drugs and fucking everything. And you, you vote to leave the room and they all vote to, to just rape every orifice that you have. And they, their vote won. And you don't get to leave the room until it happens. And yes. I was just like, what a fucking terribly brilliant way to describe voting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, it, uh, it is it, like, yeah. What I like that, about, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say that ending. That ending. Just fucking hell. That ending is just so perfect. It was just so perfect. It was, it's what I would call a fuck you ending, but it was like the best fuck you ending well yeah just alice just being like nah man nah yeah anyway steve go ahead what, what were your thoughts after i've droned on forever i think I, I mean i think you hit it all perfectly for those people following on youtube this definitely is the greatest reaction that you can have to that ending yeah. um my copy is falling apart by the way because i've thumbed through this particular one way too much um Jesus, steve yeah i know um, I really like this series. And this is, like I said, this is when really everything starts coming in, right? Like, this is where that's this, this crazy starts to me. I'm like, how can you? <laughs> I'm just like, how do you top this? Uh, but that's Ellis, so I don't doubt it. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, but th there's just such a range of emotion. There's this thing, this whole entire series so far, as you've seen, has been manic depressive. But this particular volume oop can you hear me hello yeah i can yeah okay um so i was just saying no, I, was, I was nodding nodding in agreement so oh, okay sorry. sometimes the the pulling back the curtain the internet shits itself um but regardless this this whole series has been manic depressive but this one particularly like it's such a range of emotions from like those those sweet quiet moments that he was having um to kind of this is the most depressing shit in the world like <clears throat> in the the kind of enclave or the ghetto where he goes into or the literal ghetto where people are just shoved in there um he is talking to this guy who's an spkf uh reporter kind of a guy who just is always on the street these are people who are employed almost to get ambient news and this guy's following spider jerusalem into uh into this place and he's trying to like trying to be cool with this kid and this kid has like got that flesh eating disease and he's got he's missing an eye and his fucking teeth are all jacked or whatever and he's like hey little johnny what do you want to be when you grow up and this kid just looks at him dead-eyed and just goes nothing nothing he doesn't want to be anything like and so it just shows how kind of out of touch uh the society is and how much he's trying to get them in um and as you said he's he's got to do a lot of chemicals to get there but that range is just incredible and by the very end they're just kind of what the fuck like because i forgot that happened in this one and i forgot mm. how quickly it happened yeah. um and how just uh, it was just a it's a big shock when it does happen and it's incredible but uh we've got a very slow burn still to go through you know this is three of 12 i think altogether. i can't remember exactly how many um because they're like they vary in, in sizes yeah but uh of the volumes of the trades but this is great this is just like the introduction to the story the everything was prefaced and now it's all going to be a mad dash which is going to be much more relevant than ever i think 
as we go forward and as we've discovered, and it's going to make you probably really pissed off, Dustin. Uh, I mean, I expect it to piss me off, you know, but I don't know. I mean, obviously the title character continues, so that's really as shitty as he is as a person. I That's what I care about. Um, I do think this volume highlighted exactly what was pointed out in the last volume quite well, whereas like he will do anything for the story. And even when he's warned of like, hey, are you sure you don't want to like ease back or give someone a heads up and stuff? He's just like, nah, just got to got to do it. You know, got to be honest. And uh, the best way to describe the feeling of this, Steve, I was thinking about it. Hmm. It was that morning after the election and when you first woke up and you, you just collectively, most of the world was just like, I'd like to just die right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like this just to be a bad, bad dream. And it wasn't just that feeling in the pit of your stomach that, yeah. that kind of just, mm, that was what this entire volume just captures. <laughs> perfectly so oh honey want, not that you want oh. to like but jesus you, uh yeah you're you you're in for some shit <laughs> i i don't doubt it after this yeah. volume but i'm yeah. just for people that haven't read it like that feeling not that i like want people to capture it again but that's i mean i've never seen it just captured so perfectly and what like 15 years before this or whatever fucking hell i know it, it either shows how cyclical cynical or just generally fucked we all are um when it comes to politics but yeah and how, it's how brilliant warren ellis is and how brilliant he is yeah so, like, to be able to take this overall picture of it all even back then it's just like uh has he taught like i know i need to start subscribing to his his um Thingy. newsletter newsletter like which you do and have done for a while or is it a recent thing or what uh, i've been on it for like a year or more now i don't even know how long okay it shows like, up like every sunday so, okay has he talked about kind of the relevance of this story or not, in in context of what happened with trump and all this kind of stuff not really like uh he kind of brought it up a little bit of people more so from the like people were like hey when are you gonna start this up again <laughs> because what's going on and he was just like that was for that was a younger angrier man and i'm just not that guy now so yeah. he's like i'd rather just uh kind of give you the tools to get you through it with like like new tools instead of you know like in a way kind of saying like you know showing it to you this way didn't work yeah well <laughs> how i took it he didn't say it exactly that way but he's just like i'm not gonna go back to it because it's just it was his thing and here we are yeah so i think in many ways like he doesn't want to go back to the city literally either right like he yeah. or i guess no he he doesn't uh <laughs> he kind of lives in the mountains himself in a way so. exactly yeah if there was ever a comic book hermit it would definitely be more talented yeah. but he's fucking fantastic as well. But I think like, and you can definitely see that with his later work. Like I think injection either came out last week or is coming out this week, which is like his new book. Yeah. And if there was like some long ass break and even that's like a lot more chill, there's like a lot of anger in it and even trees or something like that. Like there's, there's anger and there's political kind of outrage, but it's a lot more mellow and tempered. I think than this was like this, there was that range of emotions like 
everything that you're feeling right now, like at the fucking same time. And it's just, yeah. Well, I think that's, that's why this character is perfect because he's perfect for that. Whereas his other characters, you know, he's, he's not everyone runs around like spider Jerusalem. So in a way he's kind of tackling different, uh, avenues of that same dynamic or whatever. Yeah. And he can do it because this spider Jerusalem, I think, has a progressive kind of mindset or at least a liberal one because he doesn't really give a shit, but he's still a fucking dick. Like when we were talking about this in the last one, he's a piece of shit. Um, and I think that's gives Ellis, uh, Liberty to say more, I guess. Yeah. Um, because he's not a good person and, but he's doing good things or trying to do good things. Um, even when he slips that bill to that kid, whose face is fucked up. Like, and he left money also for, uh, the refugee out of time in the last volume, you know, yeah. so he's doing these good things, but it just kind of, kind of comes back to that. And I think it's important necessary that he has to be someone you don't like, like he yeah. be reminded of that fact. And the thing that you don't talk about in this, he's kind of a dick about that too. Um, what happens in that? Like, he's not, he's not great about that. Um, so I, I, I don't want to spoil it either for anybody who is just picking it up for the first time. So, yeah, it's just so good. It doesn't like us talking about it. I don't. I don't know what add to anything. Yeah, it's I agree. More of like, wasn't that shocking? <laughs> yeah, which we can just say without having it. But um, and before before we end, um, do you think so far? I know it's only the third volume that Derek Robertson's art has continued to be good because that was one of the things that you were worried about initially. Um, I think there's been. Overall, I think it's still really consistent. Um, it's I'm starting to see more of his true style come through, like mm-hmm. kind of what I call ugly people, yeah. um, which is kind of fine. It works for this this book, and uh, you can see why in a couple of pages why he he got boys after this, uh, yeah, or not after, eventually after this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think overall, yeah, there's still a very there's a great quality to his work um i mean it's it's definitely just it's the feather in his cap you know it's it's not like boys which boys had six great issues and then dynamite started paying the bill and uh you know you get what you pay for yeah so yeah and he was just like fast and sloppy yeah it is marked difference in that series like yeah crazy yeah. Well, and that, and I think they lost their uh, their inker and their colorist. Yeah, they had dynamite inker and colorist after that, and it was just like, mm. it's not the same. Yeah, why? Why did you guys want to buy this company for their colorist? That's, yeah, yes, yeah, it's true. Actually, like I've never seen them color anything that was wasn't what they paid for, which was you know cheap. Yeah, you pay cheap, you get cheap. You know, it's not not a statement of their skills. It's uh, you're getting what they feel you're worth or what you're paying them for. Yeah. You are literally getting what you pay for. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I, I definitely think the art has been strong, you know, like it's just, it feels like a comic book. If that makes sense. I, mm-hmm. I've been kind of noted, like I think Deathstroke has kind of made me uh, notice that more and more at that. A lot of the comic books that are being published right now don't feel like, comic books they feel like a just a i don't know it's just weird there's just something about having real inkers and the 
print quality and stuff like that and just like the almost the limitation on colors that you can use i just it makes it more interesting than just having glorious fucking art on glossy fucking pages um I don't know because it's like now you can get that with like anything like idw's look like that and it just kind of all has the samey samey feel mm. but like with deathstroke like i can see that the inker or like the penciler did his job the inker did his job the colors did his job and the letter did his job and they all felt connected and like with a purpose and care yeah. instead of just like Eh, I do digital, just the digital coloring, and there's no inker, and I kind of did this in a bubble away from the art, uh, the writer, and whatever. Like this is very much that same thing. Like I can feel the inker adding to the story and the art and stuff. And it's just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old and nah, just man. Comic, like... books to, <laughs> comic books, but it's just like it, so much stuff just looks like pastel bullshit. That I'm just like, eh, yeah. Well, first, first, I think you're feeling the collaboration, which is kind of the reason that we both and anybody who's listening to this enjoy the the art form of the medium. Yeah. So, of course, like this is kind of the more of the stuff, obviously not this blue, but what we grew up on. Um, and it does feel like that. There's like a, even a palatable kind of, I don't know, texture to it all, isn't it? Like it's, yeah. and I guess there's something to the storytelling with that too. It's raw, it's, it's, it's kind of that, explosive story that I guess we're kind of like grown up, obviously that we're yeah. kind of used to. So I, I, just, yeah. I could just feel, I can like just feel the difference, you know, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's a difference between collaboration and, and how the overall products put together compared to, you know, just your run of the mill, mighty Morphin power Rangers or fucking, some Spider-Man book because Marvel, they're not going to, they don't have time to pay inkers and stuff. That's why I find kind of like, it's weird that I'm seeing more and more inkers at DC. I'm just mm -hmm. like, that's weird. The inkers. And it's, it, it felt like they were completely unnecessary for like 10 years, but now it's like, shit, man, we really needed fucking inkers. Why did we get rid of this? Yeah. So. Yeah. It was a different know. time and a different process, I guess. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to kind of see it coming back, you know? Yeah. It just, it really does add to the art form and make the comics have a different feel and quality to them. Yeah. And I'm not talking just like, you know, black all over the page, like, like that shit. I mean, there's just like something about seeing the brush strokes and everything that just really makes it different. So. Yeah, I agree. So that's uh, it's, uh, you're the bastard. You're the bastard, which is Probably really agree. just beginning for us. And we'll probably take a episode off. I think you know, maybe do yeah. do something different, so we're not just all transmit love. No, yeah. who knows? I could grow to hate this shit. I don't know. I've never read it's it, a, so it's entirely possible. Look, fickle fuck. So. <laughs> I think you'll you'll probably still enjoy it. I that's we'll see. My, my prediction. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to bait them, Steve. So then oh, I'm just okay. like, no, nah, nah, I tune out when you guys talk transmit. Just all like, blah, 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 blah. Alice, blah, 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 blah. Robertson, yeah, whatever his name. Yeah, Robertson. D Rock. Yeah. <laughs> D Rock. God, I yeah. hope he doesn't go by that. I hope he does. Look, I was hanging out with him the other day. That no, was not. He's not. He's, he's great. Canada. No, he's not. He's back home. Probably. All right, Steve. I think that'll that'll do it. You can uh, find Steve at 
at Steve Empire on Twitter. Ooh. If you want to befriend him, follow his his feed, his antics. You can follow me at Enter the Hero or at Comic Bastards for the whole nine. Thank you for listening. We hope that you will subscribe, tell a friend, just leave a comment, say hello, whatever you want to do to to say, hey, I'm here. I appreciate what you guys are doing or that you don't appreciate it and how we can improve. We're always looking for feedback. We're yeah. honest fuckers and we'll take honest, honesty directed back towards us. I yeah. mean, we might spider Jerusalem your ass with a middle finger and yes. pissing off of a ledge, but hey, you had it coming. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time. Ne